Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Dummies, a weekly podcast following four friends as they battle across a homebrewed world called Interiath in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Step into our mystical world called Antiriath and follow our party of three dummies as they adventure across the lands. Talit Grug, half-orc, half-mystery, the fighter, played by Taylor. Body Knot Greenleaf, the halfling rogue with a penchant for taking things that don't belong to him, played by Josh, and the ever-mysterious Eclarian Shadow, half-elf ranger from the Eclarian Mountains, played by Seth. And last but not least, the creator of our beautiful world, the man of many voices, and our dungeon master, Sam. Welcome. Welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons and Dummies podcast, (laughs) where we have our AI's babies. Oh my, without context, that will be strange, (laughs) but I'm going to leave it in. Oh man. So yeah, so we we were kind of starting Taylor had a really cool idea the other day now that we've completed book 1 Woo-hoo! and defeated the druid and and kind of got to a a major milestone in the campaign as it were to kind of take a trip down memory lane. And I think that's an awesome idea. Let's let's just let's let's go all the way back to before mm. we even started recording. <laughs> all the way back to the y'all show up at the guild y'all have your various reasons to be here and start taking some little bounties and first thing y'all deal with a bunch of cockatrices eating chickens yep so y'all y'all got thrown straight into the shit right like paralyzing stone causing monsters on y'all's first outing cocks and caves cocks and caves oh and man I, and i think we I think we crushed them faster, maybe even than you thought, Sam. Yeah, yeah. We was, like one shot at all of them. We right of, nobody the got gate. that fun. <laughs> yeah, right out the. I think like one or two people got hit, and everybody made their saves. Nobody got petrified. So right out the gate, I was like, "Oh, this is this is a very high damage party." And yeah, that has that has proved to maintain reality. Yeah, I've got some lines here in my notes. One line says, Talek dominates the cock with his great sword and the bounty <laughs> is complete. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I uh, I remember I tried to intimidate the farmer guy and he was like <laughs> not phased, but then I am the one, my dumbass investigated and figured out it was cockatrices. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody like made a, a check based on y'all gathered up yeah, we had a whole little espionage thing, and there was like uh, mechanics to it. And y'all had y'all had a good bit of information. The check was pretty easy, and everybody, the other guys rolled like twos, and then you actually rolled pretty well. And yeah, uh, Talik says cockatrice bones are too hard. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, from you were the, picking your teeth with from a the recap. Petrified yep. cockatrice bone. That's great. yeah, and I sh- I should mention that we all three started at level one. Um, which I think a lot of podcasts don't do that. And we all started oh, yeah. at level one. I was a fighter. Seth, um, Shadow was the ranger. And then Body Knock as the thief rogue. So that was, we were just straight up level yeah, one. Turns out like I incidentally created a character with a fucking cloak of invisibility. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> a sniper. Yeah, well, like, he's a I, now. I, I didn't even know what I was really trying to go for with a play style. It just happened to like I like tripped into an OP character for most of the time. It it is the sneak attack damage is pretty OP, and, well, it, and it's OP but I, in terms of I don't get touched. Like exactly, yeah. Like I think I was close to death maybe one time that entire. I think that's kind of the idea with the rogue is that you don't get touched much because even the like up close ones you kind of. You can disengage. You can, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. It's great. Just for the listeners, I think this is fine to share. Um, Taylor can remove it if he wants. Oh no! I'm sure. But uh, so today is June fifth of two thousand twenty-three. Our first session was July fourteenth of twenty twenty-two. So we're almost, oh, yeah, almost twelve whole months into our 
into our campaign and we've only finished book one so much more to come so six years buckle up buckos yeah <laughs> no it's, well uh... but uh sorry to mean to cut you off but it is interesting that we um like we didn't have any build up we weren't even going to do a podcast i should say since this is a long recap like i like session three i was like hey i'm gonna record it maybe we'll make it into a podcast at the very least it'll serve as a journal for us we could go back and listen to it but people have listened so it's awesome yeah it's, it's i've i've really been enjoying it i know i was definitely hesitant i have a a previous game that i dm'd that we actually recorded um everybody recorded their screen and their audio and all sent it to one person and i think he published the first episode and, and never did it so kudos to you taylor for sticking with the editing i know that's a lot of oh thanks i'm enjoying labor. it labor my but, ocd tends to help me with editing and also like obsessively checking our listens and views like a psychopath <laughs> so if you're listening and you've listened just know i check it like a hundred times a day because i'm crazy but it's been really fun <laughs> <laughs> it's it is fun to see uh I, i'm glad i don't check it incessantly and i just get updates on milestones when we yeah. get to a new new milestone <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah so so basically the way the campaign started is we were just doing uh guild quests i mean seth had played a little bit of one campaign the other mm-hmm. two of you guys had never played any so i was nope. like let's just get our feet wet before we start trying to weave a narrative um but even in that, you know, y'all ran into the druid during one of y'all's uh, early quests. That was actually like session one on the way to get your mm. speak scroll and stuff. Yeah. So session one, we had met with uh, Eva in the dining hall at the Confluence Guild and met Bushy Evermead. And we literally were headed to talk to Osteos Maldorn to get our um, writ. And that's when we encountered some wolves that were doing some weird stuff with some sleeping spores. And it was the one time that I could have avoided being <laughs> rendered unconscious by oh, magic. Yeah, I forgot and about that. We didn't even know enough we're to realize too big that, of noobs. Yeah. yeah. That I couldn't actually be rendered unconscious. And that was our first uh, taste of the unstable evolution, the corrupted animals. And I loved the druid. I thought the druid was super cool. (laughs) Yeah, and the druid comes in, and that's literally like the like seventh line of the first page of my notes. So is the druid showing up? The wolves coming in, and the the wolves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you probably have a a page of notes for the fight. Itself. Yeah, back then he was just a strange guy that was investigating, and he was cool. Yeah. Mr. Turns yeah. out he was kind of a dick. Exactly. <laughs> turns, turns out he was a bit of a elitist in a weird, uh, animalistic way. But you know what? In in our defense or his defense, he may not have been a dick at that time because it seems like he was corrupted over time. Maybe we don't know that's, yet. But that's what I think. I yeah, think that's kind of my working theory. I think that he was genuinely investigating the animals out of but, concern well, at that point. You know what? Mental illness is no excuse for being an asshole. <laughs> right, right, now, he's de- now he's dead. <laughs> now, now it's a uh, problem solved, right? You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Y'all uh, helped Osteus get rid of a bunch of uh, iron-toothed rats. Yeah. But oh, they that's had, right. Like, they had like um like drill bits, like an oil rig drill bit for mouths. Ooh. Yeah. That's yeah. horrific. I climbed yeah, that, up on a shelf and trapped one under a pot. And so that was the writ was just to like even get in the 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 guild kind of yeah, I think y'all got your writ from Bushi and you had to go to the next town over to Primern to like a legit magic item shop to get your speak scroll. And your Wayfinder. That's right. That's your right. Speak Scroll case and your Wayfinder. That's right. Yeah. And so the writ was what you used up until that point. But now at this point, the the Wayfinder is really your... Um, you present that, and it's got the symbol of the Confluence on it. And that is what shows you as a member nice. of the guild. Yeah, I just have a note. We didn't know what the druid was. I just have a note that says Tree Man. Makes a weird Tree picture. Tree Man? <laughs> yeah, it was like a guy with antlers. Yeah. And a beard tree man. That's great. And then we 
run into the weird talk Jocko. Oh, oh, the talk Jocko. Oh, yeah, that was after y'all. That was on y'all's next guild quest. That's right. And then Harv Holfed was the the dead guy. The dead yeah, guy. Yeah, let's get into that one because that's when the podcast started, and that was really our first like multi session thing. Yeah, that we did. big quest. So we accepted a bounty to retrieve a widow's husband's corpse at 12 Pleasant View Blue Rooftop is where we have to go talk to her. <laughs> and she says that her husband, Harv Holfhead, worked at uh, for Albert Robinson at the Rusty Tooth Mill. And so we head over to the Rusty Tooth Mill um, by ferry and talk to Albert. And I'm trying to remember where... That was what city that was in. Albed the so the mill is just south of Billyatok, um, and it it employs like a significant number of people. I've actually got it in my notes here. Uh, the mill employs over fifty people. Like it's a big part of Billyatok's, you know, activity economy. This yeah, this big it's a, it's a big sawmill down on the river. You know, it's got multiple saws as part of the setup, and they make a ton of lumber off of the, you know, foothills of the Copperstone Mountains. That's and right. then they ship them down the river. So, yeah, that's where we found a young a young floor sweeper named Marvin, who's a human, who had heard of the Eclarian Shadow. And we got a little bit of story from him. And that's when we set off on our adventure to look for Harv Holfhead and got some more information that maybe he wasn't so innocent. Yeah, y'all got some info that he... Uh... He kept going. He kept playing hooky. Kept every playing month. hooky from work. But he was telling his wife that he was going on on uh, ferry runs. That he was going down the river. So it was like nobody actually knew where he was going every month. Yep, that's right. And turns out he was going up to some creepy cabin, the side of the hills, because he was a fucking werewolf. <laughs> to have his to have his monthly werewolf fit in peace. Yeah. Yep. So we ended up fighting. An actual werewolf and probably ten or so werewolf cultists. Yeah, um, but that gets back to the before you got there. That gets back to what started this. What Seth was saying, the talk Jocko. Harv's body had been left at the end with a note from a talk Jocko, which is basically a knight from the Osagiski region. He's a a holy crusader, if you will. Basically, a missionary goes around helping people. Samurai do-gooder is what my notes say. Samurai do-gooder. And y'all have been obsessed with Osajiski ever since. Yeah, we want to go. We got to get out there and meet these freaking... Where's these Takjakos coming from? So he had left a note and a silver dagger. And he had cast gentle repose on Harv. So we just left Harv there. All right. (laughs) Hang tight, Harv. Oh, and that's... uh, He's dead, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's where y'all met the innkeeper, and she was like, "What? You can't just leave this guy Aubrey here." Heatherton. Yeah, Aubrey Heatherton. But yeah, that's where we met Aubrey. Aubrey Heatherton, and y'all y'all ended up going by her place many more times throughout the quest. Yeah, we ended up having to save her. We'll get to that. Yeah. So we killed the werewolf and. Took Harv's body back to his widow, told her that he was a fucking werewolf. None of us got cursed in that fight. Yeah, y'all yeah, y- y'all got bit uh, several times and just kept making your saves. Uh, yeah, I got saved a lot against that one. Yeah. <laughs> My notes say, the tattooed man comes out and transforms into a fucking werewolf. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I, were y'all level three at that point? Yeah, no. I think so. Two or three, maybe two. I think y'all were still level that two. That was session three. Yeah, yeah, I think y'all were still level two. Pretty, pretty terrifying. Get a werewolf thrown at you at level two, and my werewolf is actually buffed a little bit from the basic werewolf. Mine has regeneration. I, th- I think mine have a little more health too, but mostly they have regeneration. And then if you hit them with the silver, it turns it off. That that was the fight where Body Knock was hiding behind the house, and we realized how good his sneak was. He yeah. literally passed yeah. the sneak test every single time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it and it wasn't like past it that that began the the theme of any time Josh <laughs> yeah, rolls sneak I, for body knock finish. Yeah, you roll like an eighteen plus seven or whatever. Yeah, so it's now it's absurd. like plus eleven or whatever it is. So my favorite part about that whole whole thing was when we 
absolutely established ourselves as a primarily chaotic neutral party <laughs> because we find the letter in the cabin that Harv had written. It was a letter to Chantrell confessing that he was a werewolf. And then we look around. We've got the dead werewolf, the bodies of his comrades and followers and stuff, and the letter from Harv. We look around and we burn the fucking cabin down. <laughs> yeah, you committed arson. Oh yeah. man, that was which great. is hilarious because that leads right into our next quest. So which literally, the very next quest, y'all get back to Billy Talk. Y'all, you know tell Chantrell about her husband and everything. And then Bushi's like, all right, boys, I, I got a perfect quest for you. Just came in. And this was us doing our live session. So I kind of railroaded y'all into the next quest. Yeah. And was like, we got some boys burning down buildings up north. And y'all are like, uh, you said north, not west, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment. <laughs> we're oh, like, oh we're like, okay, so arson is illegal in this world for sure. Now we know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man. That's when we headed to talk to Grill to Homehaven, a 20 hour walk north of Billyatok in Summerhill. Yeah, we had our, our five hour in person session, which I had to split up into a couple. It was just pure chaos and absolute blast. And that's when we met Clint for the first time. That's right. The, and he was the CS. Oh, yeah. Clint Forrest. Ledger. Yep. Oh, old, Clint old Surefoot. Clint and Grilled and Clint tell us about everything. We talked to the blacksmith, turned her black blade. And that's when we meet Dorina, the gnome child. Hmm. Yep. That was her first adopted NPC. Yep. She got fucked up. Take her. We they tell us that they think the, there's fires being caused by goblins in an old fort, Red Shield. Yep outside of yeah. town so we Darina wants to go we take her with her as soon as we get to the fort an arrow comes out of a slit <laughs> and hits her in the chest and we we usher her to safety and that's the end of her adventuring yeah yep, she's never a, she to again. but uh well i mean you don't know maybe that was uh maybe that was the catalyst to get her to start training oh or maybe she doesn't ever want to get shot by an arrow again She's permanently maimed. Yeah. <laughs> she. So I had here, I was telling this before you got on, uh, I have her occupation here. She was a water bearer. <laughs> yeah, a water <laughs> That's bearer. That's her current job. <laughs> and, I mean, depending on the size of the arrow and her stature, it would have been about like somebody taking a spear through the shoulder. Oh, yeah. And you just got to know it's some sort of gnarly hand chipped arrowhead oh coming from a goblin with yeah. the goblins yeah talik starts chucking axes oh, yeah. through the arrow slits <laughs> oh and just yeah runs up and just just yoinks the portcullis straight up in the air uh body knock climbs the side <laughs> without us and gets up there amongst them and throws a firebomb or something that he yes. up. Nah, i just do my thing sometimes yeah, literally, like, hits one in the face with Alchemist Fire. Alchemist Fire, that's that right. That he had just bought before leaving. Oh, yeah. Talek got pinned in at the mm -hmm. bottom of the spiral staircase by a goblin and three wargs. Oh, yeah, that and was... almost went down. Yeah, that yeah, was that, scary. That was an ugly fight. I forgot about how, how close that was because it was, like, really tight quarters... And Talik was down there by himself, and y'all were trying to like pepper with arrows down from above. I jumped off the balcony and took fall damage to come up behind the wards, and, and I killed a couple of them right out the gate once I got up behind them. Yeah, yeah that was epic. Yeah, y'all, y'all, it was going really bad, and then y'all started to get some good rolls and, and dropped them and made short we, work of them. Then we went across, and there was a. One of the pyres had a bunch of bats, and we snuck. We avoided that whole yeah, encounter. Yeah, didn't even fight the bats. That's when you, you got the oil of sharpness. That's right. Oh, wow, out of that, that you held on to for like yeah, long time, <laughs> too long. The first fuck up from the vines attacked us. Oh yeah, the vine from the other tower. It was like the sentient plant vine things. Yeah, they were they grappled you and tried to pull you towards like a flower. 
I don't mm-hmm. know what the flower would do to you, but it was it was something gnarly. And then the closest we came to losing a member of the party so far in the entire campaign occurred. Yeah, probably the Willow Wisp. Body knock went down but not out Oof. to the Willow Wisp. And basically, it, it, it if it would have hit him one more time, he's like a permadead, right? Permadeath. Yeah, yeah. The Willow Wisp once it has you down, it wants to insta kill you. And that's where y'all found the blade, the sword. Yeah, the long sword of pallid light, which I'm still yeah. using, as well as a, as well as a locket with a picture in it that y'all later sold. Yeah, I actually was listening back through that. I was thinking, I wonder if that was a plot hole and we just sold it. <laughs> but so I looked up the vines here. If they pull you up to their flower, so keep in mind, I think y'all were still level two until after the Willowist fight. And if no, the vine... I think you leveled us up from the werewolf. I think. We uh, I think you're right. So that y'all were three for this whole adventure. But mm. still, oh. if the vines pull you in, then they get an automatic success on an attack from the flowers, dealing one d four piercing, piercing, and two d six necrotic. Jeez. Y'all never actually got pulled all the way to a vine. Y'all always slashed the vines as soon as someone got grappled and mm. escaped. Well, yeah, I don't know what level we were for sure, but that was only our fifth session when we took on Fort Red Shield. I know we leveled up from the werewolf because it was like, y'all just killed a fucking werewolf, so you level up. I remember something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember after y'all hit level three, I was like, all right, the gloves are off. And Seth was like, he's going to kill us. He's gonna. This is what happened last campaign. We got to level three. <laughs> then he killed That's us. Funny. The uh, the Willow Wisp. The that still is one of our most intense fights. Oh, I think it was like forty five minutes that we were fighting because we didn't grab the sword right away, and none of us could do magical damage, and it had mm-hmm. resistance to all non magical attacks. Yeah, I think it is. We couldn't yeah, hit it. Just resistance, but it was immune to certain things as well. Yeah, it was, and it, it had uh, when invisible. It also has twenty-two AC, which for a CR two creature that still blows my mind. No, no, not twenty-two AC, twenty-two HP, nineteen AC, which is still nineteen that's just, though is high. But that's why y'all could like that was the biggest problem is y'all were just attacking. You know, I think Talik had the best bonus at a plus five at that mm-hmm. point in the game. Mm-hmm. So, so you're you had to you roll need a 14. Uh, fourteen. Yeah. And the other guys hit it, and then it was half damage. And then it was half damage. So yeah, it was, and and it did massive damage anytime it came up and hit you. It would do yeah, it was two d eight. Yeah, so like here, I have a note that the first time it hit me, it did it rolled two sevens, so it did fourteen damage to me the first time it hit me. And at that time, fourteen damage. I mean, full health. Let me see. I have it on the previous page. Full health for me at that time was 29. Mm-hmm. And I went into that five with 25 HP, fight with 25 HP. So when it hit me for 14, I had 11 HP left. Yeah, you had mm-hmm. one hit left. I remember that because you started freaking out. You were like, I have one hit left. If he does that again, I'm I'm DBNO. And, that, and that's what he did. Talik hit it. And then the very next, right after Talik gets a hit in, it puts body knock down. Jeez. And gave me the old one too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Talik had a healing potion. That's what picked body knock back up before the wisp got a hit in. Yeah. One thing that's been interesting with the three players is even against a single enemy, y'all don't just dominate action economy wise, right? Like if you have four or five or six right. players, it's like, okay, somebody goes down, they're going to get back up before the next turn. Somebody can get to them and give them a potion. But with three, it's like, okay, there's two of us now. Can either of us get to him before the other guy goes? Yeah, you, you kind of run into the, the issue of do you finish the fight? Or do you yeah. just got, like... Mm-hmm. Well, and that's where we were. Too f- don't want to fast forward too far, but that's where we were in our last big fight. Was like, you know, do we do we heal? Do we run? Do we fight back? You know. Mm-hmm. So then we get down to the basement of Fort Red Shield, 
and Talik and Shadow get poisoned due to the air quality. And I'm not going to go into what all was down there because it grosses me out. Even <laughs> I remember that real life was just like this. I had a stomach bug. He was like, sick. Real life. Yes, yeah. you were literally had a stomach bug. And I was, I was just like, like describing oh my God, the just guts and fetid nasty. nightmare of uh, the goblin home. We run into two goblin bandoliers. That was one of the only people who have thrown explosives at us. And damn, yes, were they that explosives. Was epic. That was yeah. epic. So it yep. says, with an epic effort, we defeat one goblin, and then Talik slays the other goblin. They had, like, uh, Molotovs and frag grenades, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pipe bombs and shit. And y'all later got some very similar bombs from Leech yep. to, to those. My guy. <laughs> Which, Leech we'll, is a we'll goblin, Leech. right? Yeah, Leech is a goblin. Yeah. So that ends... So we end the live session sneaking into um the room a room where we see a goblin mm. shaman over a warg and some crazy shit so at the beginning of the next session we roll for initiative and this is actually our first recorded instance of multi attacking through like uh splinter cell style so shadow oh, and body up. knock mm-hmm. sneak up and actually shoot the shaman with arrows right as Talik throws an axe and sticks it in the shaman and sh- and Shadow just ran into the room and cut his fucking head off. We have no idea what that shaman was capable of doing yeah. to us because it Literally, never had an opportunity. So much aggression. His henchmen uh, got down on their knees and yeah, and <laughs> yeah. knocked the firestone. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I remember... I remember specifically after y'all did y'all's initial ranged onslaught, I was like, okay, this goblin shaman has one HP, so he's gonna get to take one turn, and he's gonna just have to unload whatever he, you know, the best thing he's got, and then Seth ran in the room and melee cut his head off. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> damn. So we took the firestone, and then the henchman told us that there was a big green guy on the other side of the river, south of Summerhill. That's when um, we continued being chaotic neutral, not evil. Yes, not chaotic evil. I was going to highlight that. Yeah, so we find a room of sleeping goblin families, and we just leave it alone. Yep, women and children. Y'all, y'all asked, y'all were like, I just may. y'all were like, yeah. how, much, uh, how much loot do they have? I was like, I mean, you see a few coin pouches, you know, laying next to some of all this stuff. Worth it. So we bibbity bop our way down a, a new tunnel, and Shadow falls through the fucking trap door into a pool of quippers. Oh, yeah. Tolly just hops down in there with me. That was like the first cry laughing moment that we had on the show yeah. when I hopped yeah. in. Josh was just like, seriously, guys? Uh, yeah, that was funny. Sam goes, wait, did you just jump in? And I go, yep. Yeah, yeah, because you just moved your tail part mini in. I was like, oh, that's probably just a joke, right? And you're like, nope. <laughs> so we're on our way back to Summerhill, and from Summerhill um, headed down to talk to Grilda and Clint. And we're making camp, and that's when the outrageous bear attack occurs. <laughs> During the long rest. During the long rest. Oh, oh, the outrageous bear attack where you were like, I was moving all over this place. There's no way a fucking bear would have just come the crashing through the underbrush. And so we let the me. dice decide and we said, yeah. all right, I'm going to roll a D8 for which part of the compass he's on and a D8 for what part of the compass you're on. And y'all were like smack dab in each other's face. And then we rolled for initiative and Shadow got the last turn on initiative so right in each other's face and body knock and talik without any armor on get the first hits in on the bear and yeah, uh, y'all made short work of that bear yeah, yeah that was pretty cool though because like the whole mechanic like we don't have our armor on we were literally yeah. asleep we come running out in our underwear yeah definitely, the bear. Cool. <laughs> definitely cool yeah that was pretty great clint surefire yeah the uh the local woodsman yeah pointed us to a cave. A troll cave, that's right. That we thought might have a troll in it. and might. Yeah, be he was cave. like, but I but I went by that cave last year. It didn't have a troll in it. And y'all were like, well, let's go check it out. Yeah. Ooh, and that was a hell of a fight. Yeah, Ooh. so, because it wasn't just a cave troll. Exactly. There was also flaming fire dog 
hell hell dire wolf yeah two, Both things were two dire wolves with fire element so would you call them fire wolves but, mm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, can we do it like genie and put a d at the beginning and just pretend it's not there and say fire wolves um, sure. uh yeah. I have body knock blinds fire one fire dog and hits it with an arrow. Fire dog on the cat. He used the the flamestone. Yeah. Firestone that we had just got. That's fire right. Firestone. And then he used the firestone on the uh troll tr- to stop his regeneration. That's and right. You can we- use firestone for your next new set of tires. This <laughs> podcast episode is sponsored. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, that'd be segue. nice. That'd be nice. Shadow. I got caught on fire like three times in that fight. <laughs> the The funny thing is, Talik ran right up into their face, and Shadow like kind of took cover on top of a rock, but he had threatened the troll in Giant that he was going to burn him, and so the Giant was like, dog, get that one first. <laughs> yep, and yep. Talik started fucking him up. And then Bainar just caught everything on fire. Yeah, that yeah. that fight was great. That was one of the most dynamic fights we've had. We're like, y'all spread out. Y'all use like different consumables and tactics and stuff. That's when we realized that uh, Josh was the best at actually using the items. <laughs> yeah. When I remember to inventory them. Right. Yeah. But you don't have the uh, the Skyrim disease. Like hold on to a wheel of cheese until the very end. Oh no, I have a whole house full of cheese wheels in Skyrim. Don't worry. Oh, okay. So, so <laughs> you're just special in this game. <laughs> well, I just want to kill things. Well, that's fair. Oh yeah. I've got a note here that Bodynog used the first fireball of the campaign, technically, because he used the stone yeah. to cast fireball. That's true. <laughs> got that, awesome. that uh That's awesome. So I have a note here at the end of the sixth session that we leveled up to level four. Okay. Yep, that's right. So we did that whole fort at level three and then the killed the troll and leveled up again. Right when we kill the troll and the fire dogs, an owl comes flying down and and freaks itself out when it sees what happened, and it's the druid. Oh yeah, he one. changes back into druid yeah. form. And he lets us know that he's from Copper Mountain. And he protects everything from Copper Mountain to Primern, as far as nature goes. And he actually takes the Firestone with him to study and says he's super confused by the animal mutations and is searching for their originating source. That's right. And, and that's Which... when we head back um, and talk to Clint once again. He tells us about some weird ice butterflies and oil slugs. And stuff like that. And then at that point, that was kind of the end of what I was calling like Guildboard quests. On y'all's way back to Billiotalk, y'all ran into some poachers trying to capture a stone bear. Mm, that's right. And y'all woke up to him and were like, hey guys, what you doing? They're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm totally got fucking bullied. Stupid bolas. One of many bolas to hit yeah. Talek over the next course of the <laughs> mid campaign. That poacher fight was epic, but the, the culmination was Shadow and Talek maneuvered this cart and Talek ended up suplexing <laughs> the bear. Suplexing a bear yeah. into the cart. Over his head, into this cart. And they don't slam the cage on him. Literally says Talik suplexes the bear into the trailer. Yeah, that then, episode is called Bear Suplex. Yeah. As it should be. And then Body Knock, it says, Body Knock notices the bear swelling. Oof. And then says, there's like a sub note that says, Shadow knows the bear is going to explode. And it does! Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, in the end, Shadow and Body Knock, or Shadow and Talik took it. Body Knock was far enough away that he... Didn't yeah, take the damage. So the horses on the cart get killed, and Talik actually was brought down to one HP. Yeah, he would have gone DB and I would have gone down. His... I had my right. thing, relentless endurance or whatever. Yeah, 
That's yeah, exactly. And then we got the location on the poachers map. And at this point, this is the first time Shadow goes into a blind rage about the poachers in general. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then we go to the poacher camp. Yeah, y'all went straight there. Y'all y'all found a, a little map on these guys, like a old school for for any whippersnappers listening to this channel. Back in the day, people would take a a little notepad and you would draw just the important roads and write the names of the roads on them to tell someone how to get somewhere. <laughs> but so y'all found like a little a little map telling you how to get to the camp that they were clearly going to take this bear to. And yep. yeah, snuck up on it and it was full of all kinds of exotic animals. Mm-hmm. And gaseous pigs and fire goats. goats. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, later y'all y'all didn't see any of those at the beginning, but there was like a oh man, what was the cat that was there? There's some sort of weird cat. I don't remember a cat. Yeah, because I just narrated at the end of what y'all released. That's right. So y'all took a, took on the poacher camp. During the poacher camp fight, again, body busted out lots of items, but y'all got Captain Shank Blade's Shank. It was the first, I think, plus one weapon. Uh, yeah. Because at the time, the Longsword Pilot Light did not do plus one. Yep, we uh, killed little leader, Captain Shankblade. Uh, Seth got a very special thing. He got his horse. My horse yeah. with the stripper, stripper name or whatever. Starlight. Starlight, the beautiful Starlight. steed. Oh, and y'all met the squirrel. And we met the psychic squirrel. You met the psychic squirrel. You let him out of the cage and then immediately tried to kill him after freeing him because you didn't like the way he probed into your mind. Yeah, let's and say he was not not innocent. In that moment. That was kind of the first weird thing that happened with Talek. Uh, he had a voice in his head that would not allow the squirrel to take his mind over. You can say penetrate, Taylor. It's a penetrate it's his mind. <laughs> Penetration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah. So then we head back to Billy Talk. And then the next thing was um, you found out that there was another poacher camp after relaying all that to Bushi. He's like, huh, I just got reports about uh, something similar. You should go see the Baron about Baron it. Debilia. So you met Baron Debilia, got your doggy. Yeah, we got back to Billia Talk. Uh, Talek went to the stables and bought a horse. And then yep. at Baron de Billia's, Body Knock got Jeffrey, his war mastiff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Baron de Billia is super pissed about the poachers. Y'all went all the way out to the other poacher camp. Oh, yeah. By Heathertone, fought more werewolves, and Taylor and Tolik did get bit this time and, and contract lycanthropy. I'm cursed. And we encounter Clint Surefire again. Yes, at the end. And that is when we realized that he had been helping the poachers, and that's when we had our first player-to-player contested strength check. Yes. (laughs) As Shadow tried to kill Clint right there in public. Yeah, and Talek tried to stop him, or did stop him. And then y'all took Clint with you to go scout out the next poacher camp, but it had been destroyed by the time you got there. That's right. Burned to ashes. So then you went back and told that to the Baron because you got a tip from Clint and the ledger that you found in the burned down one and every all signs were pointing to the grotto. And that's when you started talking, putting the pieces together that you had to get there. But the problem is nobody knew how to get there and it's invitation only, even if you could find it. So you couldn't get in. And in comes Leech. An old crime buddy. Something that Josh had written into his backstory is that he had this oh, yeah. acquaintance 
uh, named Leech. And so uh, y'all y'all beat with Leech, and he's like, look, guys, I don't even have enough connections to get us in there. That's like, you're talking high-tier stuff. Full of shit. <laughs> well, but is what y'all do, though, is you go to old Granny Gobs. Yeah. And she no, sends you on some sort of trippy vision quest. And we did three solo sessions. And we did some solo sessions. Y'all each got some weird interactions with some NPCs uh, that seem to be tied to y'all's stories in various different ways. And then uh, when you came back, y'all all got something weird from your quest, some sort of item that didn't really seem to have much mechanical benefit, but was something you could hold on to. But Leech got you all tickets on his vision quest, whatever he was doing. You can only <laughs> imagine. I don't remember getting an item. Uh, you got the Sunstone. The Sunstone. That's where I got the Sunstone. And Talit okay. got a... I got a dragon scale. Ancient, gra- ancient green dragon scale. From some mysterious guy who claims to have given me gifts, and that is when my powers also started to reveal themselves. Yeah. Magical powers. Body Knock got a new speak scroll case. From, from Donatello Muccinelli. Donatello Muccinelli, a mysterious benefactor. Fantasy, the fantasy Italian. <laughs> the fantasy Italian. So right after we get the stuff from Leech, and we start heading towards the grotto, we're staying the night, mm-hmm. and that's when Talik first transforms into a werewolf, and Shadow throws out a lion out of the rust bag of tricks, takes it over with Beast Sense, and chases Talik down, and uh, Talik kills the lion. And then Shadow and Body Knocker is like, oh well, let's just set up camp and wait. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I show back up all bloodied and tattered with no yeah. memory of what happened. And then we make our way onto the grotto. And man, the grotto was a good time. I was I was nervous because at that point, y'all had done a little role playing here and there and stuff. But, you know, mostly you had been able to solve your problems through violence. And I was like, man, if they just attack the grotto head on, this is this is going to get ugly. But y'all did a great job, y'all schmoozed your way through, used a little bit of espionage, came up with some really good ideas that didn't pan out because of some bad rolls. Leech! <coughs> <laughs> yeah. Leech spilled the ink all over Bloodynock's forgery. Yeah, his uh, his forgery that was almost good enough. He's like, here, let me help. You missed this part. And then he rolled a nat one and ruined it all. Oh, man. Yeah, but yeah, y'all, y'all wander all the way up to the top where the VIPs sit and walk into what you can only assume is the boss's room, like the head of the grotto, not the boss fight, and sitting across from where the headmaster or whatever would be is this girl with flaming red hair braided down one side and loose on the other side and carrying this badass bow. She's the the leader of the poachers, Ariandel Leaf, Leaf Rider? Yeah, that I right. don't have her last name. We take her out. Uh, Shadow gets his first magical item, Drekbin. Exceptional effort. Well, yeah, yeah. Taking So taking her out was a pretty good fight. She had some pesky guards that kind of pinned you down while she peppered you with arrows. But then the whole grotto just kept yeah. pouring in through the door, and y'all fought them for... I mean, that was multiple sessions of a fight. And then we finally investigated the room and found a trap door behind a tapestry and made our way up out of the top of the grotto. And then there was one of the most epic moments we've had with Body Knock and Shadow. Another Splinter Cell assassination is carried out. That one was a Splinter Cell assassination. I mean, it was smooth. And still, to this day, I don't know if the dwarf was good or bad. Yeah, what was his name? Albert Dunder. Let's see. Yep, Albert Dunder. Yeah, of Dunder Mifflin. He was not good. <laughs> yeah, Anybody who works at Dunder Mifflin is evil. 930 gold pieces, a decanter of endless wine, a chime of opening, dust of disappearing, 
dust of dust of disappearance, two scrolls of identify, a wand of magic detection, and a book <laughs> of magical items. And I don't know where half that shit is. Wait, and, and the most the important steel. The blunderboss. The blunderboss yeah. called the flint and steel. The body knocks carrying. Yeah. Which I don't know if I ever said it on the, the pod back then, but kudos to Abyssal Bruise who created that item and put it it's out fun. there for as funny as Abyssal Bruise. Yeah, you got to basically use like a fireball type thing with a packet with gunpowder and pack with oil. It's like an so oil we found blast. a big war map in this hidden map room, and Shadow is able to get a good grasp of it pretty quick as we snuck back out of the grotto. And that's when we head back to Heathertone from the grotto and discover Ooh. chaos and hellscape. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Old town's on fire. We rush in and save Aubrey out of the Heathertone Inn. Throw her in the cart. Then the druid shows up, and that is when we realize the druid is not a good guy that we think. Not, we're not, not sure, a good but guy, yeah, like we thought he was. Uh... Yeah, he comes down, gives a little speech about animals, and then a uh, couple of speech about animals. and uh, <laughs> gators and uh, what. Fire that, bats. Fire bats and some kind of and thunder some sonic deer. sonic deer, yeah, that were, like, pinning you down with, like, those... The, is what I imagined is, you know those SWAT things that they use for, like, suppression? And they, mm -hmm. like, shoot sound waves at people and it makes you feel sick? Yeah. I, that's what yeah, I imagined the deer were they doing to you guys. Dude. What's that? LRADs. They suck. LRADs. Have you been hit by an LRAD? Yeah, we had them in our unit. So you tested it on yourself? Yeah, you have to, like with escalation of force training and stuff. Dang. Like pepper, like pepper spray. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, if you're going to yeah, use it, you better know what you're pepper. doing. Yeah. Yeah. Was it worse than pepper spray? Pepper spray Pepper spray is probably the worst, I think. I can't. I, I would think so. Oh, I would think so, too, because it lasts. Yeah, you yeah. can turn the LRAD <laughs> off. And it's over. Yeah, it's and the LRAD thing, and it doesn't affect everyone like the same intensity, and it's just uncomfortable and like kind of weird and disconcerting. Oh, and then he also tells us to come find him at the yeah. ultimate tower. So my note says that the druid threatens humanity and invites us to Old Moon Tower. <laughs> hey guys, I'm uh I'm gonna do a genocide. Y'all want to join me? <laughs> yeah, essentially. Okay, so then y'all get back to Billy Talk and are conveying all this to the Baron. And he freaks out. And he, as a man of action, gets himself war ready by the time y'all are done with your conversation and heads off on Snookums. Yeah. And Seth disclosed to me later when we were talking about it, saying that the Baron is a bloodthirsty person for getting all ready to go rescue the people in this town. Do y'all think that the Baron is bloodthirsty? No, I thought he was a noble, noble man. 100% bloodthirsty. <laughs> Could not wait to wet his blade. Josh, Josh, what's your, you made the tiebreaker here. What's the, uh, what, is, what am I tiebreaking? Is, is Baron Debilia bloodthirsty? The town was burned to the ground by then. Is Baron Debilia bloodthirsty? I don't know. He's a complicated man. That's a Great. yes. A wait, mystery wait. that'll never be solved. Wait a minute. tie whatsoever. With if, your you're listening, if you're listening to this, get on Instagram at DND and Dummies. Yeah, let there us you know go. What you think about Baron Debilia. Audience interaction solves the issue. Yeah, make oh, it a. Yeah. Make it a. No, I didn't think he was bloodthirst. I didn't get that vibe at all. He's I don't going actually, to defend his area. To to be fair, I have no recollection of ever saying that. Oh, you said That's it. Funny. I remember it upset me deeply. <laughs> I tried not to let it because I'm like, well, no, I'll just I play the character and they they control their own conclusions. <laughs> but as you can tell, it got to me. <laughs> oh, love it. We got back to Billy Talk and we were at the guild hall and you were working with Bushi, looking yeah. at maps, you worked studying like overnight. maps in the guild hall. That's right. While they took care of Aubrey and and whatnot, you like worked overnight on the maps to figure out how to get to the old moon's tower. 
Yeah, because Shadow's worried about his old flame and the Stone Giant's home at the top of the mountain range. Yeah, his... uh Oh, you named her at one point. You better have written it down somewhere. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Boy. But y'all decided to go under the mountains. And Boosh says there are mold people under the mountain path. That became a whole thing that we did not know. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, under the mountain was I multiple, mean, that was multiple sessions, five, I, six. Oh, it, yeah, it was probably more than that. I mean, it was. It, it's an entire uh, chapter in the book is under the mountain called Thunder in the Deep. Oh, I like it. The Kretoks were very cool. Well, the Kretoks were having issues with the Kobolds. They were basically having like an underground war with each other, and Kretoks told us that, hey, they're normally not this aggressive. We don't know what's going on. So we go check out the Kobolds after going through many mazes. And uh, at one point, Shadow takes Beast Scent over his goat that comes out of the rust bag of tricks and finds all the traps. We fought a mimic. The goat survived the scouting mission and then got cut in half while he was with you guys. <laughs> By a, a like a swinging trap. We yeah. fought a mimic. Um, and then we made it all. Oh, we avoided a black pudding. We think a black pudding mm-hmm. that was attacking. That dropped we invisible. The, yeah, yeah. Y'all were invisible. You'd use the dust of disappearance. Saw some kobolds get absolutely decimated by an ooze of some kind. We make it all the way to the kobold camp, which is not their normal camp, and we buddy up to Gildnarn and uh, we persuade him that we're here to help and we want to make peace between the Kretox and the Kobolds. So we go in and they tell us that they've been dealing with something called the Furbacks that ran them out of their village. And that was just... We ended up going through... We recruited the entire Kobold army. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean... It was d d warfare. Literally, like, I was not... So y'all have done, you know... Uh, any DM is going to get surprised by the actions of his players, but I should have expected, but I never expected y'all to form an army to do a direct frontal assault on <laughs> the opposing force. Quagoths. The Great Quagoth War occurred on February 27th. And just to give you an idea of how much time passed between in that first. And I mean, I just think it's crazy that all that stuff happened between July and February, and then slogging our way through this last little bit has taken months because of how savage going for the Quagoth battle to the end of book one was. So after y'all rescued the, after y'all did that, y'all went and, uh, well, and that's when Taylor got big bone. Got big bone and became honorary members. The Kobolds of the Copperstone Mountains. Yeah, I really liked that whole part. I felt like a kindred spirit with my little Kobold buddies. And then, yeah, Gildnarn gave me big bone, which was the magical giant club, which is fucking, I love it still to this day. So this is the type of thing that um, I think is cool about D&D in general and like generally I wouldn't tell you all this but since we're doing the recap I think it's kind of neat to let y'all kind of see behind the curtain I had been working on the you know what we're going to do next and working on some guild board quests and one of the guild board quests were going to be that there were going to be kobolds causing problems on the surface because their home had been overrun like if y'all rooted them out but that is not going to be a thing now because y'all <laughs> Let reclaimed their home for them, and so that butterfly like, effect is not going to be a, a quest. So I, I think that's super cool. Like that's that something cool. that you can't really, you know, video games would have to pre-plan that. Whereas, you know, with D and D, we can just I can just adjust to whatever y'all do. I do have to give a eulogy because we had our first oh, casualty in, in the cave. I wrote, Fenton is overwhelmed and consumed by his wounds and passes from this world as a noble warrior. A noble warrior and a great diplomat. He uh, he did a bunch of the checks y'all needed to convince the kobolds to work with you. Yeah. Um, he got like 
a lot. He got, I think he got two like critical successes to help usher that along. We go back really cool. and tell, so he was the son of the Kretok leader gold. So we go back and tell him that was like our first, I think those whole, those couple of sessions, like with the kobolds and then with the Cohen back, that was like the first, like more deep, like role play that we had. That was like yeah, emotional uh, and yeah. Instead of just, you know, kind of goofy, being silly stuff. and killing. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought that was cool. That was a, that was a fun and that led us into our second live session. Oh yeah, <laughs> to climb the hill to to the Old tower. Moose tower. Yep. Yeah. So we get out the other side of the caves, and we got to climb the. We see the tower, and we're going to climb the hill. And that was live. Yeah, that was epic. Yeah, and then we fight all kinds of shit. We fight the giant crab, and um, yeah, I I was looking through my. My handwritten notes, I mostly keep notes on my computer when we're playing here, but I had a lot more handwritten notes for the live session, and I was cracking up at just all the random crap, crabs, and there's just the well, initiative trackers are hilarious. Oh, oh Wyvern. yeah. Wyvern. Well, then I had thrown a bear out, and at one point, Talek and the bear just run through like a poacher camp and just slaughter everyone. <laughs> yes. like, yeah. Just haphazardly, and then monkeys start throwing shit at Body Knock and Talek. We just avoided them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like f those monkeys. And then the wyvern. Oh man, the wyvern. The wyvern fight was epic. The wyvern fight was scary. I was nervous about the wyvern fight because of how much damage he does with the poison. Body knock got hit, and like, oh my god, that thing would be scary, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that guy. That he he's no joke. For sure. And somewhere around here, either when we defeated the Quagos or maybe after we beat the Wyvern, we leveled up to our current. Yeah, our what current are we? Level. We're level six right y'all now. Are level, yeah, so I think y'all were level six going into the tower. And so that's when at, going into the tower, you know, it wasn't super well known. But by that point, Talek had acquired uh, sorcery capabilities. But at level six is when Shadow acquired Warlock capabilities. Yeah, Mister Body Knock sticking with the straight rogue, which I mean, straight I think I think it's oh, great. Yeah, yeah. So we make it into the tower. Yeah, we make it into the tower and have some pretty obnoxious, wild combat with some vines and plants and all kinds oh, yeah. of stuff. So I like that one because he got restrained by the plants. Yeah, caught him on fire from the inside out. That yeah, was cool. Right before up. that, though, we saw the squirrel again, the psychic squirrel that we freed in the very first poacher's camp. Oh, yeah. He was outside waiting on you guys. Yeah, he's and an he asshole. was like, oh, well, the druid's out. Perhaps if you make your way to the top of the tower, he'll reach you there. The thing that I was most afraid of, me, the player, and Shadow, the character, were terrified because we wind up face-to-face with the fucking displacer beast. That's right. We got on the basement, kill a displacer beast. There was an extra, extra dark and shadowy, shadowy, and some kind of dark you, stone. Shadow I was stone listening back something. to that one recently, and uh, Shadow tried to overcome the darkness with the drift globe, but it was not powerful enough. Mm-hmm. But then Talik used the long sword, long sword of light. Power lights shine, and it was powerful enough to push through the shadows. So I think that was. When y'all started thinking, like, this thing's got some gusto to it. Yeah, we yeah. should mention the long sword of Pallid Light over time has been a little creepy. It's kind of yeah, whispering. In the, uh, and... in the Quoga fight, you noticed that it started causing the wounds of its enemies to rapidly decay. Like, as soon as you hit them, they would start just rotting on their body. That's right. So we kill the Displacer Beast, make it back up to the next level, and we're face-to-face with two adamantine bulls. Um, Talek had just picked up an adamantine battle axe, so he was trying to swing away at these things, but they were absolutely wrecking me. Everything. Body Knock got gored. I hit him with a glaive and a bow. No damage. Yeah, y'all couldn't, y'all couldn't hit their AC, and even if you could hit their AC, they had... Resistance. At, at least resistance. Yeah, they had resistance. They didn't have immunity to everything, Talek but non-magical was, weapons they had resistance to. 
Talek was just getting hammered, and we wound up climbing up the the cage wall, mm-hmm. <laughs> playing and, nanny nanny boo boo with them. Yeah, and Shadow, I think I cast uh, Zephyr Strike. Yep. and zip down and knock their feed buckets down the stairs. And then I trapped them down there with the immovable rod that we had just gotten. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, we left that. It's gone. (laughs) It's gone. That that was a consumable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's still there, technically. So if we ever go back. Oh, man. We made it up another level, and we were in a weird bedroom thing. No, no, no. Before the bedroom was the bouncy armadillos. The bouncing armadillos. We had to slap out of the air. Which was great the first time you did it, but then you all decided to be cheeky and try to take a rest while you had one trapped and they all popped out of the door. You had to do it all over again. Horrible. (laughs) We got through there. Then we go up to a bedroom, find a candle that's ever burning and shadow goes out on the balcony and finds a ladder up another level. You also found some weird like journal notes and stuff. Yep. From the Druid. And then in that next level, that was really weird. There's some sort of device that looked like it had subwoofer, subwoofers in the bottom, and um, it projected an image of this guy, Dr. Zayas, a monkey man. A primate, yeah. And he had the orb, which we need to... Right. It looked he, like he had the, the druid's orb that we think is the source of the power. Yeah, the orb that the druid had when we encountered him and... Uh, Heather Tom. Heathertone. Yeah. Yeah. And then that is when Body Knock got the chameleon. Yeah, Ooh, from the lab. Yeah. Epic bow that changes based on the size of the enemy and can do all this other cool shit. Does elemental stuff. Yeah, I was I was reading back over its uh flavor recently, and uh the runes are on it are not like some um language specific to a, a race or people or anything, they're an ancient language. They're, they're like a dead language from a hmm. people long, long past. That's cool. That's fascinating. I don't know how to, I don't know what to do about that. Yeah, it's just, just a little tidbit info for your nipplist. We also got a potion of invis, a potion of supreme he- healing, potion of vitality. We got a spell scroll of eighth level illusory dragon. I don't know if actually <laughs> we'll be holding out for a while. Done anything with yeah. that? I don't no, know if we will be able to cast that. Um, a circlet of blasting, which I think I still have. I sold that spell scroll for drugs. Oh, oh. Okay. not a bad Sorry. choice. No, I didn't let him. He tried. Was it hard drugs or you know just some more green leaf? Sausages. Sausages. My fate. My drug of choice. My drug of choice. Sausages. And yeah, so we conquered the the riddle, uh, which I was terrified one of us was going to get permadeath by that thing. Man, y'all did great on that riddle. I, I'm. It's like a meme in the D and D community that you give people, you know baby riddles for kindergartners and they spend four hours and make a you know red web of yarn to solve it right that was actually a pretty long riddle and y'all got it right out the gate who is pepe silvia who is pepe silvia exactly and then um yeah so then we we start the druid fight comes soaring in as an eagle um, because when we solved the riddle, there was a portal that teleported us to the, the top, like the, the roof of the old moon's tower. And that's when we fought the druid, but druid, no druid. Don't really care. The squirrel is dead. First thing in the fight. So I got to say about the druid. So there's, there's some NPCs that, you know, you enjoy playing cause they're, they're just full of life and vigor like Bushy. And then there's some NPCs that, you know, I just play just cause they're, part of the game and then there's some like the druid that are just a they're just a blast to play because they're just badass and i just i loved playing the druid i loved using them in the fight i loved all the interactions y'all had with them i'm sad that he is no more yeah we killed the druid and uh so just for the purposes of you know this is kind of rolling into a recap of our last session that will lead us into 
um, the next stage of, of the campaign. When we were on our way back to Biliatok, we were mm. um, attacked by an assassin. Oh, um, yeah. Eliana Monlier. Some kind of um, moon elf. Which, I don't know that you all know her name. I don't know that your characters know her name. I don't think she would have had anything identifying on her. Okay. Yeah, so she was going invisible and doing all kinds of crazy shit. and Hitting um, you with blowed uh, darts. darts that were yeah. super strong. It was a bad They deal. were wyvern poison. Body knock figured it out afterwards. He took one whiff of it and was like, oh, yeah, this is the shit that almost killed me. So hmm. Body Knock came up with the idea to use her speak scroll. And so he sent a message saying the job is done. They are dead. And the reply says meet at the rendezvous. And Body Knock says I am hurt and do not remember the rendezvous. And they said in Dwarvish, uh, which what luckily I think Shadow knows. Shadow's the only one who spoke boar. it. Port comma boar. And so we determined later that where that was and i can't think of it right now but yeah so we can we can just lead that right into where we're at because uh y'all came back and you talked to bushi and eva and he was like yeah he's like i don't know of any boars or ports but overport uh, the drunken boar yeah he's like there's a there's a port city called overport and there's a in a tavern there it's a little seedy place called the drunken boar and that's that's all the that Bushi could think. And Eva was like, "Yeah, but you should really go to the Golden Goose across the street if you're going to Overport." You got in a bit of a kerfuffle with the Brogux, who uh, is the tribe that killed the Grugs. The Grugs, yeah. My whole family, everybody I know. Yeah, and yep. this little crazy gnome guy that's, I guess, the leader of the guild hall appeared and calmed everybody down. And Tormund Greybeard, yeah, that somehow y'all have uh, y'all have not had to interact with yet. Uh, Bushi's been handling all y'all's stuff, but we got Tormund sent to the principal's office. Got sent to the principal's office. Tormund uh, was like, "Look, once you join the confluence, we're all part of the same river now. We're all flowing together as one." Where we came from gives us strength, but it we are we are one now. Yeah, and then we took a long rest. And then you took a long rest, and it's and the that's next the day. End of book one, and that's it. That's the end of book one. To be continued on the next episode of Dungeons and Dragons and Dummies. Find out what happens to our party next week.